the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plumb Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'll be joined by David Clausen, the director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at the Family Research Council. On today's broadcast, as we look at some of the latest research on biblical worldview. Stay tuned for this informative broadcast, and you can reach me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors, Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turns Community and online courses that empower people to take back control of their health by getting back to the time-tested basics that go beyond diet and exercise. Join in their mission of living better every day at mysimpleturn.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I am excited to be joined by David Clausen, the Center for Biblical Worldview Director within the Family Research Council. And he managed a project recently. The research was conducted by the well-known George Barna, dealing with an examination of churchgoers and their views on a variety of social issues and doctrinal issues. There is an understanding that a biblical worldview is important, but yet there aren't a whole lot who hold to that biblical worldview, which is sadly not anything new. We've seen that come out time and time again. And first of all, welcome to the broadcast, David. Oh, Jay, thanks for having me on. It's a joy to be back with you. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on here. And every time I see another one of these surveys come out, I realize the value and importance of ministries like what you're doing and what the plumb line is seeking to do. And it'd be nice if we could, uh, you know, I, I don't want to lose a job here. I love doing the plumb line. It'd be nice if I could say, you know, there's really not a need for it because all Christians hold a biblical worldview. But we are far, far away from that day and age, aren't we? Well, we are, and I think what's interesting about this study that we've put out, I would encourage anyone to, you can go to frc.org forward slash worldview to see the study for yourself, and we we lay it out there. 
Um, but what the study shows is it's not just Americans at large, but it's actually America's most devout churchgoers, so seemingly the most faithful amongst us, who, uh, when it comes to basic doctrinal theological issues, uh, are coming up short on what would really constitute a full-orbed biblical worldview. Yeah, yeah, and I'll just explain briefly that this survey looked at uh, responses of just over a thousand adults, and one of the criteria here is they needed to attend worship services at least once a month. So that's what you're pointing out. These are people who are not just saying that they're believers or not just claiming that they follow Jesus or whatever, but they are actually, you know, taking action. They're participating in church. Now, we don't know what type of church, and my guess is by one of the first results that you bring up in an article that I found at Washington Stand is that quite a few of these people are attending churches where the gospel is not clearly preached, and that is the most disturbing thing of all to me. Explain what you found in regards to that. Yeah, a couple of things. We asked over 60 questions that evaluate a lot of different questions related to theology, politics, social issues, but you had to attend church at least monthly. And so actually when you break it down, 72% of the people who took our survey attended weekly. 28% were at least monthly, but actually 72% of these folks uh, attend church uh, at least weekly. So again, very consistent churchgoers. Um, I, I can actually break it down a little, about 50 plus percent said that they attended a uh, broadly Protestant church. Another quarter kind of identified it as evangelicals or uh, Pentecostal. And then I think it was around 25% said that they regularly attended Catholic churches. Uh, so again, Jay, uh, the people who took this uh, are what I, w- I think it's fair to say are America's most devout churchgoers who prioritize going to church. And uh, I would imagine many of these churches, when you look at their doctrinal statement, they probably would hold to an orthodox theology. But I think one of the things that this survey underlined is that there's a disconnect from historic Christian beliefs on a host of issues and what the people in the pews are actually understanding and claiming for their own religious outlook and worldview. Mm, Yeah, and as I looked at this, I kind of wonder always, as I think about the plumb line, just wonder, who's all tuning in? Who's flipping through the radio dial and hearing this? And when I see that there were just 41% of churchgoers who said they believe that people are born into sin and can only be saved from its consequences by Jesus, that tells me, you know, more than half did not uh, subscribe to that. And that tells me that people tuning into the plumb line probably fall into similar percentages. People who attend church and maybe want to hear this broadcast for one reason or another. They're interested in the topic, but they themselves may not know Jesus Christ. And so share with us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So one, you know, George Barna, actually, who I get to work with at FRC, he's developed what he calls the seven cornerstones of the biblical worldview. And if you kind of hold to these cornerstones, it's, it's pretty safe to say that you're orthodox in your theology, that you are being a faithful Christian if you really claim these seven basic beliefs. And cornerstone number two focuses on the human condition. And so we ask, uh, again, 1,009 people, which statement best describes your view of the human condition? And the Bible clearly teaches uh, the option that says uh, people are born into sin and can only be saved from its consequences by Jesus. And again, only 41% of regular churchgoers said that they thought 
uh, that best described human condition. Another 28% uh, said people are neither good or bad when they're born, but they either become good or bad through their choices that they make in life. Uh, 11% of people said people are originally good, but they were corrupted by society. And another 11% actually said everyone is a divine creature. And so the right answer, so to speak, is what the Bible teaches is that people are born into sin. But don't take my word for it. The Bible itself teaches this. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the indictment of the Bible against all people is that all of us have fallen short. We have all sinned against our Creator. We've all missed the mark. Another scripture is 1 Timothy 1.15, which simply says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. And so if you're wanting to know what does the Bible say about our condition, Genesis 3 makes it very clear. All of us have rebelled against God. Even if you don't feel like you're a rebel against God, you've sinned, you've missed the mark. And yet, God in His grace, for by grace we are saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so again, I'm encouraged that a big chunk of people are at least answering this question correctly. I'm discouraged that many in the church still, though, seem to be confused on how we are actually saved. Yeah. I want to mention, too, this was thinking as you were sharing there, the great King David made a statement, too, and I didn't have time to hunt and look for where that was, but about being born in sin. This is a doctrine that is clear all the way through the Scriptures, beginning to end, that we are born into sin, and then the New Testament brings forth, well, and the Old Testament prophetically as well brings forth that we can only be saved from its consequences by the Messiah, mm-hmm. our perfect sinless Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if this is something that, if you're falling into that category, that has not subscribed to that, doesn't agree with, or doesn't understand that. It's what the Bible teaches. It is essential, absolutely essential, for being saved, for being born again. And so I want to encourage you to reach out to me. Let me go ahead and share my email address here, and I would love to connect with you and talk with you more about this, because that's the starting point. you got to have Jesus Christ as your Savior, or you really don't care that much about what the Bible says about other issues if you don't even know Jesus. And so the Plum Line Radio at Gmail com is my email address. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, the Plum Line Radio at gmail.com. Please do reach out to me if you need to know more about this. And I want to spend the second half of the broadcast focusing on some of the issues-oriented things, but let's wrap up this first portion by discussing this reality that there are a lot of basic doctrinal issues, and I kind of said this already earlier in the broadcast, it seems as though the churches, at least certain churches anyway, are lacking still in conveying basic doctrinal truth to their congregations. It's true, and the, the verse I think you were referencing, Jay, is Psalm 51, uh, 5, where David said, In sin did my mother conceive me. So, mm, again, thank you for finding that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a verse that theologians have pointed to for centuries as underscoring the concept of original sin. But even if that confuses you, that language of original sin, all of us are sinners by nature and by choice. And I don't know many people who would disagree with the fact that they're a sinner by choice, that they do things even they know that they shouldn't be doing. Let me give you one other statistic. A basic doctrinal question is, what do you believe will happen to you after death? That's a question that every worldview has to answer. And for Christians, real quick, we we asked that question, and 47% said that when you die, you'll go to heaven only because you've confessed your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Again, that's a basic 
Christianity 101. How is one saved? How does one go to heaven? Well, it's if you've confessed your sin and you've turned in faith to Jesus. Again, don't take my word for it. Take Jesus's word for it. He said that in John chapter 14, verse 6, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Uh, Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so the, the Bible is clear on how we're saved, uh, how we get to heaven. But the fact that just under 50% of regular church attenders can actually articulate that, in my view, if I'm a pastor, if I'm a church leader, uh, the way I use this survey is, whoa, here's some areas where there's some deficiencies in regular churchgoers. And again, our hope, uh, the reason we did this survey, uh, is that people, pastors, church leaders, Sunday school teachers, will teach to the test, so to speak, and use this to diagnose where there may be deficiencies in their congregation, and then to prepare lessons, sermons, and other instruction that can help people think more biblically about what the Bible teaches. Mm, Yeah, and lest church leaders, denominational leaders, wonder if people actually want this, the answer is there, they do. You found that adult churchgoers that were polled here really desire this teaching and doctrine. Oh my goodness, Uh, we asked a couple of specific questions. Do you want your church to provide more worldview-related instruction? And we listed a bunch of issues. And the response was actually overwhelming. I think it was 70% so that they would like their church to provide additional training specifically on abortion. It was similar percentages uh, that said, we want that training from our church on the issue of human sexuality. It was like about 80% that said they want their church to provide more biblical worldview instruction on social and political engagement. And so, again, I think there were some disappointing things in this survey, uh, Jay. Uh, For me, one of the encouraging things, though, is how many Christians told us that they desire to learn more. So it's it's not that they don't care what the Bible says. Most Christians really care about the Bible, and they just want their leaders to help them understand what the Bible teaches. Mm, Yeah, my guest, David Clausen, director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at the Family Research Council. We're talking about a new survey that uh, is out done by the great uh, George Barna, who has done so much work into uh, the research on biblical worldview and other things as well. And you can find more when you go to frc.org slash worldview, frc.org slash worldview. And you can reach out to me at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Again, plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Stay tuned for more. Support for the Plumline Radio Ministry is provided by Lori Hammer, functional nutritional therapy practitioner and neuronutrition expert. Lori specializes in brain balancing and hormone health. Whether you're struggling with anxiety, depression, brain injury, or hormone disruption, Lori is the practitioner for you. She sees a wide variety of clients throughout the world, virtually or in person. You can find more information about Lori at lorihammer.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E hammer.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. 
That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Thanks for tuning in to The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast, I am excited to be joined again by David Clausen of the Family Research Council. I've had him on the show a couple times before, and I've talked to him in my previous radio capacity a number of times and always blessed by his insights from a biblical perspective and he is the director of the center for biblical worldview which is part of the family research council and you can find the websites where the study that we're talking about is located at frc.org worldview it's survey on adult churchgoers on social issues and worldview i have that open in front of me right now and thanks again to george barna for this great research and the insights that he brings forth as well. Hopefully we can have him sometime on the show too. And David, let's talk a little bit about, uh, we spent some time kind of on the doctrinal uh, aspects here in the opening segment. Let's talk about some of the specific issues that came forth. And time and again, we have seen that there's not a biblical worldview held on a lot of these issues. And so I guess the first thing is, are we getting a little bit better, staying about the same, worse? Where are we at on these things? I think what George would tell you, and he's been measuring just general worldview for decades is that we are getting worse. By the way, you know, how, how do you even measure something that seems as amorphous as biblical worldview? But what George actually does have a 54-question survey uh, that breaks things down into two categories, beliefs and practices. To be considered someone with a biblical worldview, you need to score 80% or higher on the beliefs and behaviors. And so there is a way to quantify this. George has published a lot of this at culturalresearchcenter.com. People wanted to take a look at that. But in short, it is disappointing, frustrating, discouraging uh, that the percentage of people with a robust biblical worldview uh, over the last couple of decades has gone down. And uh, that's one of the reasons, though, Jay, that the Center for Biblical Worldview was started a couple of years ago by FRC is because we don't want to just complain about the problems. We want to provide resources for people, uh, church leaders, pastors, Christian parents, who are seeking to reverse these trends. Mm, Yeah, amen. Well, let's talk about both what was discouraging and what was encouraging out of this latest uh, survey, this latest report here. So let's start with the bad, work our way to the good here. What was discouraging on this? Yeah, well, we've already talked about some of the numbers that show that a lot of regular churchgoers don't understand basic issues of Christian doctrine. Uh, to me, that was disappointing, and it shows that a lot of our leaders have a lot of work to do. Um, I'll give you one other example um, that we, we've talked about some of them, but just for example, we asked the question, one of George's biblical, the cornerstones of the biblical worldview focuses on the purpose of human life, and a 53% of uh, respondents told us that knowing, loving, and serving God with all your heart, soul, and mind is the kind of the purpose of life. Fifty-three percent. Well, in my view, you know, the the Bible is clear that that should be every Christian's purpose in life. And so the fact that about 47 percent of Christians choose a different purpose for their life, uh, that's discouraging. As far as the social issues, because we ask a lot of issues that might be considered political issues, but I think they're, you know, primarily theological issues because the Bible addresses them. 
we specifically ask people uh, about whether the Bible addresses the issue of whether transgenderism is morally acceptable. You know, Jay, I don't, it doesn't really matter where people get their news these days, whether it's Fox News, MSNBC, wherever. Uh, the issue of transgenderism is everywhere. Everyone's thinking about it. Everyone's talking about it. And we ask that question, does the Bible address the issue? And only 52% of people told us that they thought the Bible was clear and decisive on whether transgenderism is morally acceptable. Uh, 19% told us they thought the Bible was unclear or ambiguous. And a full 20% told us the Bible doesn't address the issue at all. Uh, By the way, 9% were honest and said they had no idea. They didn't know. So to me, that was a little discouraging, knowing how much this issue is in the news, the fact that only 52% thought it was clear, clearly and decisively addressed in the Bible. To me, that shows uh, that we need to be applying Scripture more carefully uh, and more intentionally to these issues. Sure, the, the term transgender doesn't appear in the Bible, but the concept, the, uh, the understanding that God created two male and female, that's Genesis one twenty six. Uh, that's basic and inherent in the entire moral structure of the Bible. And we need to be talking about that in our churches. People need to know the Bible addresses the topic. Mm, yeah, yeah, that is pretty amazing to me. You can't crack open your Bible, you know, at least from the beginning anyway, and not see that. So as you said, right away, right off the bat in Genesis 1, God made them in his image, male and female, he created them. And so anyway, we won't take that any farther because I want to move on to what was encouraging here. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing since the other big hot button topic you addressed is uh, was abortion, that maybe there was some encouraging news there? The abortion issue was kind of in the mid-level as far as um, encouraging or discouraging. We asked the question, Is the Bi- does the Bible address the morality of killing an unborn child? 65% said the Bible was clear and decisive on that question. 15% said the Bible was unclear or ambiguous. So 65%, that's a good majority. I would hope that number would be higher, though. But what did encourage me, Jay, is that uh, we asked the question on marriage. Does the Bible address the definition of a legitimate marriage? And 75% of devout Christians, regular churchgoers, told us the Bible was clear and decisive. Now, if you just think about the onslaught uh, that marriage has taken over the last decade, I would have predicted that that number would have been lower. Uh, But the fact that 75% overwhelming majority of churchgoers still told us that they thought the Bible was clear and decisive on marriage, and only 14% thought it was unclear, to me that was encouraging and tells me that a lot of pastors have faithfully responded uh, to the LGBT revolution and doubled down on teaching that marriage is the relationship between one man and one woman. Uh, So that was an aspect of the, the survey that did encourage me. Mm, yeah, and that gives me a little hope, too, that despite the fact that the courts have approved of gay marriage and it's been foisted upon our nation primarily by the courts and now accepted uh, everywhere, there is still hope, I guess, for things to uh, resume in a biblical manner regarding marriage. That's the way I look at something like this. It is interesting. You know, I, I talk to college students a fair amount in my job, Jay, and College students now have come of age at a time when they've only known same-sex marriage, and they find it hard to imagine that it's only within just the last couple of years, actually, that same-sex marriage was imposed by the 5-4 majority on the Supreme Court. You know, in in the span of human history, it's in the last nanosecond uh, that culture has kind of reversed itself on something as basic as marriage. 
Which is why the church needs to hold fast to this teaching, because if the church doesn't explain God's design and purpose for marriage, guess what? Every other aspect of our culture uh, is going to perpetrate this lie uh, that marriage is somehow malleable, it can be changed, that it's not about a husband and a wife, it's not about the children that that union may produce. And so again, the church needs to continue to hold the line on something as fundamental as marriage. Hmm. Well, lastly, David, we've covered a lot of ground here, talked about a lot of aspects of this survey, which, again, people can find at frc.org slash worldview. But what do you want the Plumline listeners to take home from all of this? I think my big takeaway from this survey is that our beliefs, our convictions, they have consequences. Uh, We live in a post-Christian world, so increasingly our friends and neighbors are going to look at us and the views that we hold as outdated, and not just as outdated, as weird and strange. And I think as Christians, we need to realize that's how the world's going to view us. But wherever the Bible leads us, what the Bible teaches, that's where we need to be. So come what may, those of us who follow Jesus uh, need to embrace His Word, uh, need to accept it, and we need to have our convictions deeply rooted in His infallible, authoritative Word. And so this survey tells me that many are doing that. It also shows me uh, that there is work as well on this score. Mm, well, David, thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you for the invitation, Jay. Really appreciate it. David Clausen, Director of Center for Biblical Worldview, part of the Family Research Council. And again, there's a lot to this survey that we didn't have time to get to, little uh, ins and outs here and all the different statistical numbers that are really interesting to kind of dive into and think about. So I encourage you to go to frc.org slash worldview, frc.org slash worldview to read the survey for yourself and check out those things that we talked about and the things we didn't have time to get to on the plumb line. And join me next time for another edition as we'll look at a different topic or issue from a biblical worldview here on the Plum Line. By the way, if you missed this broadcast, maybe you just flipped in the radio tile here and realize you're just catching the tail end of it, you can find the Plum Line at places where you go for podcasts. After it airs on the radio, the past editions are all featured in podcast form. Spotify, for example, just put in the Plum Line with Jay Rudolph and you'll find it there. We'll see you next time on the Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.